G'day, y'all. Welcome to our next episode of Champagne Cinema, the show where we do what we do best, which is watch films, drink wine, and then whine about them. My name is Chris, and joining me today is C. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our next podcast. Excited for another episode, even though it was a hard one for us. Not going to lie. <laughs> it was a hard one. I think because this was a hard one, before we get started on discussing this next film, I think we need to start again with the preface that we are not film critics or have any experience in reviewing or studying films. We just generally base this on what we do and don't enjoy. Yeah, we have our unfiltered opinions. Don't get mad at us. We're not professionals. We're just chatting and how we felt and probably unpopular for this one. That's why we're telling you, but maybe not. Maybe there's some like secret people out there that are like, yes, finally someone's saying so. We'll find I out. I feel like we have a very unpopular opinion for this, but I agree. <sighs> I'm hoping there's other people out there that might just agree with our stance on this film. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to hope our listeners agree with us <laughs> or we might have some unhappy <laughs> listeners and get some bad reviews and they're like, they're idiots. Yeah, they're like, oh, these guys know nothing about film, but we kind of <laughs> don't know anything about film, so you can't really hold it as against us. <laughs> no. So <laughs> the film that we watched is not one that I think we're excited to chat about. Given how critically acclaimed this film is, we definitely have, as mentioned, an unpopular opinion about this movie. Um, in politically correct terms, I would say this is uh, not a good film. Uh, <laughs> again, not complete shit. We are, <laughs> we are not movie critics or <laughs> do we have any experience reviewing films from how they're supposed to be reviewed? This is just our opinion. With that being said, I do not ever want to watch this film ever again. I agree. I I was really naive into thinking we're going to love every movie. This is going to just like be such a piece of cake. Not love, but we're going to enjoy watching it in the process. But like pretty early on in this one, I was like, oh, no, like this, this is rough. <laughs> like, and we have to do this. We're committed because I wanted to bail. But I was like, we shouldn't mm. bail. But to go from last week's episode, which was alien to this was just night and day and was brutal. <laughs> and you don't even like scary movies. And so like, you're like, Alien is way better than this. Again, I don't think Alien is scary. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> I'm down for that. But yeah, so we went into go rent it on the TV and there's three options. There's theatrical cut, which was a minute, 53 minutes. There was final director's cut, which is 182. And then there was redux, which I don't know how that means. It was 202 minutes. Thankfully, <laughs> it was so pretty, long. it was a pretty late night already that we were starting. I forget why, but we started pretty late. Maybe we had plans before or something. And so we were like, no, nah, we're not doing the longest ones. We're doing theatrical cut, 153 minutes. That was our saving, yeah. one of our saving, only, maybe only our saving grace. I think it was our only saving grace. We're just like, oh, there's other options, but glad we went with the theatrical cut and also yes. looking at different things. People do say watch, to watch this because the other ones are just like stupidly long and I don't even know where they would have went with these things. Yeah. Um, but I also, we watched the trailer beforehand and when we watched it, I was like, I'm excited about this. Me there's too. like action and explosion and helicopters and there's a really attractive like young Martin Sheen. Mm -hmm. and, and don't forget Harrison Ford. He was looking pretty good, even though I didn't love his haircut, but still pretty good. Harrison. Harrison. I'm not into that look right away. The haircut. 
Very 70s. And it had, I think I was looking and I was like, oh, this has Lawrence Fishburne as like a really young teenager. It had Dennis Hopper and like Marlon Brando. It was, you know, directed by the god that did the guy that did the Godfather. Like they're all in this film and granted they're all only in it for like a hot minute, but the cast is good. Yeah, all signs point to good. All signs pointed to good. And it was just like, maybe it's only saving grace, but God, it was just <laughs> shit. <laughs> So, no further ado, coming in at number 22 on the Empire Top 100 Films list, and it was inspired by the book Heart of Darkness. Okay, whatever. And it is Francis Ford Coppola's 1979 film, Apocalypse Now. Before we dive into it, please remember that these episodes will contain spoilers for every movie. So if you have not seen it and you don't want us to ruin it for you, we probably will. But uh, this is your warning. Go watch the film and then come back. Before I speak to the plot, I want to point out this film was originally supposed to be directed by George fucking Lucas. Can you just imagine how good this film would have been if Georgie had done it? I'm so devastated for this film. I'm like voting a remake on this so that he can come back and just redo the whole thing. Yeah, I would hope if he did get that opportunity or want to take it, because there's only going up, but it would revamp. <laughs> hope he would revamp it a lot, like overall just completely rework the overall flow because it needs a lot of help. And yes, it was cinematic at times, but in my opinion, please, a remake. I just can't. <laughs> sorry, just not sorry. We voted a remake. Don't hate if you're me. with us, if you're with us, just like let us know. So the plot of Apocalypse Now is, let me guess, read this from IMDb directly. It's the height of the Vietnam War and the U.S. Army Captain Willard is sent by Colonel Lucas and a general to carry out a mission that officially does not exist nor will ever exist. What? Mm. The mission is to seek out a mysterious Green Beret Colonel Walter Kurtz, whose army has crossed the border into Cambodia and is conducting hit-and-run missions against the Viet Cong and NVA. I don't know what the NVA is, but I'm sure we'll find I'm out. I'm so confused already. The army believes that Kurtz has gone completely insane and Willard's job is to eliminate him. I am looking forward to this film based on that plot summary. I'm also intrigued because Man Sheen... I think is the guy that's gone to be sent to kill Marlon Brando because he's obviously old and stuff. But this also has Lawrence Fishburne in it, probably going to be very young, and Harrison Ford and Dennis Hopper. This cast is lit. I'm going to be really into Harrison Ford, I'm calling it. Yeah, he looks really great in it. (laughs) Like when we watched the trailer, I was like, hot damn. (laughs) You and Martin Sheen look pretty good from what I could tell. Yeah, I think Martin Sheen, you know, I also saw someone that I think Charlie Sheen's in this. Maybe he's like a child in it. Yeah, but it would have it, to be, right? Or a teenager? I don't know, but we'll, maybe he dies in it. That would be my hope. But <laughs> I like Martin Sheen. I'm just not a big Charlie Sheen fan. No, I know. I also like Emilio. <laughs> yeah, they're both more likable. So for the plonk today, we are going to be drinking a Brut Rosé. So this is a newer one for us on the podcast. It's from Graham Beck, which says it was 
It's a company founded in 1983 in South Africa, which is also newer for us. I don't think we've had a South African wine, nor did I think South Africa had good wines. I'm sorry to any South African listeners out there. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I just didn't ever think of it or maybe even knew I was aware of drinking from that area. I feel like it's too hot. I'm not a wine expert. Should be, because we talk about it. <laughs> we probably should be better at this. Like we the need to regions. Take a we should take a course. We'll be better at this. <laughs> but it's sixty-six percent Pinot Noir, thirty-four percent Chardonnay. And I think it was twelve percent alcohol. Yep. Twelve percent. This is a brute rose. Yes. So it's a sparkling rose, which we haven't had yet. Nope. I love just like bubbles and popping things to celebrate life. <laughs> Remember to twist the bottle, not the... Oh, it's happening. Oh, oh, even I'm scared over here for this pop. I've got a... Oh, that was even... That was too bad, that was it muffled. It was muffled by a tea towel. Ow, ow I think I, like, hurt my fingernail. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little numb. Oh, it has a nice color. Cheers. I'm not mad at it. It's light. It's light, but it has a bit of tang. It did say on here that there is... A hint of lime zest. I can taste that. That's probably the tang. Okay, so for this episode, I thought we'd have a bit of trivia time because generally I didn't like this film, so I didn't know what we're going to talk about apart from how much we hated it. But I did go through, like digging into trivia to try and find some interesting facts, which I enjoy about it because I needed to find something that was actually interesting to me and so C will like state like you don't know any of these facts I hope you don't know any of them am I answering any like guessing anything or am I just react or we're just hearing I think you're just gonna react because some of this is just like the most ridiculous shit so okay apparently again this movie was filmed and released 10 years ish before we were born so apparently it's famous for this but it went over budget and over schedule like by a lot so mm-hmm. francis coppola who is the director he planned an original 14 week shoot for the movie in the philippines which feels and then, pretty short for a movie it does feel short but i mean like 14 weeks I be don't done. Know, maybe in the 70s that was a thing but yeah. in the spring of 1976 which was you know the movie was on schedule and then a typhoon hit and ruined <laughs> everything forcing the whole production to be shut down for eight weeks and then after that, Coppola continued to shoot with reckless abandon after because he just lost it. You know how we were talking about going tropo? Like, I think he went tropo. Do you think they and all stayed principal- there? Like, yeah, they all, they all stayed there. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so principal photography didn't include until May of 1977. Then post-production movie lasted another two years oh, on top gosh. of that. So that's over three years. So... Also, when the typhoon hit, though, to add to the delays, the U.S. military refused to cooperate, and there's also claims that the Australian and Philippine government denied them any assistance, which was considered to be influenced by America's role in the Vietnam War. I mean, That's maybe cool. this explains like why it was such a shit show to watch. Where was it filmed? It was filmed in the Philippines. Um, okay. And that's a really hot and humid country. Like you, they should have given up. But on top they of this, thrown in the towel, <laughs> revamped, and like came back in another time when it worked better. <laughs> there's more to this. 
Okay. Also in March of 1977, so like still filming, a year on and off from filming because of the typhoon and stuff, Martin Sheen had a heart attack. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. But he, he had a heart young. attack, which he later attributed to stress at the time. He also described it as a heat stroke, which was also to prevent like worry and interference from like executives and insurance companies and stuff. Because he's probably what, in his 30s or 40s and that right not he older than 40s I think 30s. he's definitely 30s he looked like um emilio in the mighty ducks age maybe a little bit older maybe but around that that's that's intense again give up and just throw in the towel don't keep going more reasons i do have more this trivia oh, yeah. i'm just like this film was just a shit show so francis coppola also put everything he had into this film. He invested $30 million, and that's in the 70s, of his own money into the project to get the budget he needed to execute his vision. So he had to, like, put evaluations on his house, on his winery, and he signed it all over to Chase Bank. (laughs) How much money did this movie actually make? Like, was that worth it? I mean, yeah, I guess it's on the list, but... I don't know, but essentially if the movie flopped, then he would have lost everything. And he also suffered, this is the director, he suffered a seizure while shooting, had a nervous breakdown, and allegedly was threatening to commit suicide at least three times on set. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but there's so many things that make sense about why now it's like, Shit. <laughs> I take back us. Sorry about our opinions. We're not professionals. No, we could tell. We could tell. This is why we didn't like it. It was a shit show. The movie was a shit show. The behind the scenes was a shit show. This explains yes. it. This explains This validates my feelings. The more trivia, it just like you keep going and you're like, I can't believe there's more. Is wild. The last bit, I think, is about Marlon Brando, which he'd previously won an Oscar with. Coppola's The Godfather, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he showed up on location in the Philippines weighing in 300 pounds. So he was overweight. All of his right. costumes had to be scrapped because they didn't fit him anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was supposed to show up as like an astute and fit green brace soldier, but he's 300 pounds. <laughs> this is why he's filmed in the shadows the whole time <laughs> because they had to make his character seem mysterious Slash not a fat soldier. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess I'd say like he wasn't a soldier for a while. I don't remember how long, but he was with those people. But he probably wasn't eating a lot of food out there anyways. So they you can't were very really skinny that. too. They're yeah, like there's, natives. That they have right. like a very clean Unless diet. Unless they were literally giving him all the food. Like maybe it's possible he got fat in this movie. But that's hilarious. And then we have this extra level of Marlon Brando being the most fucking drama queen I've ever read about. I'm just like, this is like the last icing on the cake. Why did this movie get made? So his contract stipulated that he would be paid $3 million for four weeks of work on weekdays only, and he would not be required to work past 5.30 p.m. Can we just discuss how much money that is for someone who's a big name, but imagine if I earned that kind of money, four weeks work, weekdays till 5.30, million in the 70s. And he had nothing in the movie. He, I mean, he had two monologues and then he died. 
I also think he's disrespectful because he's worked for this director before. And so they were saying for his first four days, so he was only supposed to be there for four weeks. So his first full week, he delayed shooting. Brando, like Brando, didn't show up to the set. Instead, he wrangled the director into his trailer to talk about random topics and he stalled the movie so that he could collect his fee and not do anything for it. And then eventually Coppola got him onto the subject of playing the character he was supposed to be playing and Marlon Brando like rejected all the director's ideas, including the suggestion of him playing a bald man, which he does because in the book he's bald. And so... Brando, Marlon Brando said he would sleep on it. And then he finally showed up to set the next day on like the Friday with a shaved head. And he's like, oh, I finally read that book, Heart of Darkness. So like I've decided to play the character like it is in the book. How unprepared can you be showing up to a job that pays you $3 million for four weeks work? That is just, it's gross. He shouldn't have been in it then. He, there's so many things that Coppola should have done. There's so many things that he should have just been like, fuck it. But I just feel like... All these things are like, oh my God, this movie was just like its very own fire festival. So bad. And like anything that's at that level. Yes. It felt, it felt like it was fire festival. It was like on an islandish vibe at times. Oh God. The, yeah. I read this trivia and I'm like, oh, none of this is surprising and it explains so no, much. I'm not surprised at all. I'm just more validated, like I said. Our first topic is we felt like this was a man film. And it was the a Superman first, film. Yeah. Yeah. It was very. And the first reason, which it just started from like directly from the very beginning, just macho man and just craziness and irrational. But one of the first things that we noticed was there were no women in the film, at least an actual character or with <laughs> any sort of respect. And the only ones we could see was females that were either just shot and blown up like the natives or the playboy bunnies that came to entertain the men, which then they start attacking them and like running up on the stage and they're literally having to jump onto like a helicopter that's already flying off the platform. Like, and they're just like the, I don't even remember their characters. They were just all these different like Playboy bunny characters. The only reason why we knew those Playboys because they had like a big Playboy thing on the side. So like Hugh Hefner obviously was into this and like got paid or something. I think it was like an Indian, like, sorry, I shouldn't say Indian, a Native American, a cowgirl. And then there was something else. So I was yeah, like, it's okay. like the very just this cliche. Is culturally insensitive. Yes. All of that. I mean, it was based in the 60s, filmed in the 70s. So in that sense, not surprising, but still (laughs) disappointing. (laughs) I think we may have just outgrown this. Society's outgrown this film and being like, okay, this is not okay anymore. Yeah. And one of the things you kept saying, which was very shown in that scene with all the Playboy bunnies and so many other scenes was you kept saying they've gone tropo. And at first I was like, yeah. And I was like, wait, what are you saying? And then you explained it to me, but that was all over the place. Yeah, I think Gone Tropo needs to become a thing because I was surprised you hadn't heard it. So for anyone who is wondering, Gone Tropo is Australian slang for someone that has gone mad or crazy due to tropical heat. So basically just gone mad, which is basically every single character in this film 
given they're in Vietnam and the film the film was actually filmed in the Philippines, I genuinely think that everyone went crazy on this set. And in this film, there's just no acting. It's just wild men running around exploding shit and carry guns with blank bullets. Like that's all they cared about. They were just sweaty and running around, no organization. I guess that lack of organization in the movie and in the plot <laughs> is confusing the whole time. There were just so many things that were just very confusing. But one thing that just kept popping out is they kept yelling out or referring to somebody called Charlie. And it took us a while. <laughs> we were like, what is this? Who is Charlie? <laughs> I'm so confused. So the whole time we're just questioning ourselves what's going on we keep thinking they're talking about an actual person until we stopped and looked it up and googled who charlie was which i guess is a name that they were calling towards the locals like the vietnamese locals that they were essentially killing for no reason throughout the whole movie and one of the famous lines was charlie don't surf which is when one of the i don't know captain lieutenant whatever he was somebody in charge wanted to stop off and surf in this location. So they ended up just blowing everybody up and running after them and just shooting them while they're like running, hoping to try to get into cover and laughing. And it was just, it was just gross. It was so racist and disappointing. It was ridiculous. Cause I'm like, you're in the middle of a war and you're going to go to this town and blow them up just so that you can surf. And to be sure in that film like I don't even know if they surfed at the end it was just like him being like well the Charlie don't surf like the locals don't surf but I can so I'm going to go to destroy their homes so I can get access to this clean brig yeah I think one of the first like super like confusing where I just was like what the fuck is this film was that surfing scene and there's literally they're blowing up everybody and then like the Vietnamese people are like coming back at them and trying to kill them and he's just standing there like how's that surf look let's go surfing because there was like a famous surfer on their team or whatever and i'm just like what what is happening like what's wrong with there's no logic and that personally really infuriates me because i'm a logical person i try to be at least he had gone he had just gone tropo yep it was gone tropo just madness at all times i'm already stressed out i'm stressed out just thinking about it <laughs> This part of the film, I think, is when we truly realized we were not into it at all. So it starts with, like, the writers of Valkyrie's music. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is the scene that, like, everyone talks about. We're going to, like, yep. see what's really happening. And, like, that was just so fucking cool. And then you keep watching it. And there's helicopters are flying over the ocean. And it's really pretty. I'm like, oh, the cinematography is amazing. And then you start to realize that they are playing the music downwards, so that the locals know that shit is about to get wild and not in a good way. And that's, I'm like, wait, I think the Americans are the bad guys. <laughs> Which we kind of, going into this, we're like, we should probably know more about this because I think we know Vietnam was war was not great, but we don't know the details. So it's hard for us to personally speak about that. But yeah, like, what the fuck? Why are you just killing all these locals just for fun? They were just so unfazed laughing and we're just like but but why like what's the purpose of this and we don't understand the goal of 
what any of y'all are doing. I guess that's what's also infuriating. But that same guy that was so obsessed with surfing was just drinking like he had a coffee mug, not like a lid or anything. And he's just drinking coffee in the helicopter. They're about to, they're starting bombing and like shooting people down there and just no big deal. Coffee mug in yeah. the helicopter. Should have got a Yeti. <laughs> I also like don't get me started on Marlon Brando's monologue at the end. But he's I was so completely serious, tu- Chris. He's so I was serious. completely tuned out and like on my phone. But like I think I called it from the start. I'm like Marlon Brando is gonna have some weird fucking monologue at the end of this film, and we're not gonna understand the meaning of anything, and it's just gonna be fucking weird. You were calling that because he wasn't in it and you're like, okay, he's just going to come up with some thing at the end. I mean, way early on, I was like, can we just stop this? So by that time, I just was trying to survive, <laughs> just trying to survive and get It was like this. the worst two hours of our lives. <laughs> yeah, because I just wanted to keep going forward and get through this because I couldn't live in the past or really I couldn't live in the present because I was just, it was too rough to deal with. <laughs> And all I know is that he talked about his son or something or like a letter to his son. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, I know he's trying to say something deep right now. And this is supposed to be a super cool moment, but I didn't get it. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry, but sorry. (laughs) It does lead us on to like this movie, as we have mentioned, it's is shit it is truly (laughs) awful um but i will say there are some hints of good stuff intertwined um Mm. which (laughs) you know let it also be known that there is a documentary about this shit show of a production of the film and it's called heart of darkness a filmmaker's apocalypse i feel like as mentioned i'm pretty sure this movie is like woodstock 99 or fire festival oh yeah what's do you like but like do you remember the opening scene where like martin sheen's in hotel room and is kind of like shirtless and drunk and just like Mm -hmm. rolling around in a bed with like completely disordered yeah that was uh before my hope was crushed from this film yeah i remember that (laughs) that was when i had some like hope for something good (laughs) there's always hope there's always hope in the first 10 minutes and in this scene, Martin Sheen, he was an alcoholic and bombed out of his mind. He was stumbling around while Coppola was screaming directions at him. Let it be known. So he's I don't actually drunk. Re- he's actually drunk. He's also okay. like an alcoholic in this time of his life. And like, I also don't react well to people yelling at me. So this would have not been a very safe environment for me. But anyway, <laughs> so Coppola was like, I'm going to scream directions at this like drunk dude. And then there's a mirror break in the scene. And in the scene, Martin Sheen starts bleeding but that is Mm -hmm. all like what happened like it was just like that was what was happening in the space so that's martin sheen's actual blood in the first 10 minutes i was like great acting and i'm like no it's not acting he's just drunk with someone yelling at him and they've all just gone insane in the first 10 minutes of the film i mean i'm i'm a little sad for him because that's not the president bartlett I know and love from the West Wing. It's just he is not for the guy from Grace and Frankie. No, and from thank you, and Grace and Frankie. This movie just shows how shit it was because it drove him mad. Period. Exactly, drove him all mad. And <laughs> I also like to be 
clear. I know I said that we're going to talk about the good parts of this film, but like, let's be honest, there's not very many. <laughs> there was one scene right at the end where they're blessing and they're like chopping up a cow and no one needs to see that. Like mm-hmm. it was horrible. Even I reacted and I've seen some pretty fucked up shit in films. Like I definitely watch more of the weird horror things, but like I did not want to watch that cow's like head getting chopped off in some gruesome way. I actually probably think that happened. No one's going to say it because, you know, animal things, but I reckon they did because they were all, like, insane. Yeah. Do you think? I bet you it did. And then they ate it. (laughs) Oh, I hope not. That's horrible. But, like, I didn't look at it from a – because I knew they're sacrificing that cow, but I was actually pretty shocked that you finally hit your breaking point. (laughs) But like you said, it's because it was an animal. So, what else was good? Hmm. (laughs) I feel like this kind of just has to lead a little bit into an early, like, honorable mentions because I'm probably just going to keep shitting on more and more things. But one of the themes was at the very beginning was there's, like, a slight view of Martin Sheen's penis. I think we got the most excited. (laughs) Guys, there is dick in this film, so if you're going to watch it. But only in, like, the first 10 minutes, so just watch that and then you can turn it off and we don't care. Is that his penis? Yeah. Do we need to rewind it to make sure? I also say, like, from that, Manchin was, he was pretty good looking. He was, he was pretty, yeah. on the on the attractive level in this film, even though, it, like, the whole film ruined it for me. But, like, that first 10 minutes, I'm like, damn. I, I'd agree. Martin. I Yeah, I agree with that. Then another one that we could say was good was just seeing Lawrence Fishburne in it, which it took us a second to realize which one was because he was so young in it. He was a baby. Like once you saw the gap in his tooth, you're like, okay, yeah, that's him. That's like how you identify bodies is by their teeth. And I, we identified Lawrence Fishburne by his teeth in this film, I think. Yeah. He was just such a baby compared to what we know him as. He is so young in this. It's crazy. Who? Lawrence. I think that's him. No, that is definitely him. He's like one of those people you couldn't imagine being young, and now it's like, there he is. Yeah, he's like a baby. Also, I do want to call out that Lawrence Fishburne goes full-on insane and shoots a boat of locals, women, children, animals, for no apparent reason, because, again, gone tropo, but the goat survives. The best part of the whole film is the fact that he just didn't slaughter this goat for no reason. And I'm like, oh, God, Billy, Billy the goat's alive. <laughs> yeah, I think if they killed that goat, you would have boycotted and left me alone in this <laughs> fucking hellhole. <laughs> oh, my God. People are going to hate us after this, are they? Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. It's our honest opinion. This is a shitty movie. <laughs> they killed the cow, but they kept the, the goat. At least from yeah. our perspective, they kept the goat. I wouldn't have done um, well with the goat. <laughs> but one that we have to call out for like cinematic reasons is the scene where Martin Sheen appears from the mud, his whole body muddy and his eyes open up. And we just feel like that is something that has been a part of a lot of our inspiration of other movies. So it is a good call out and was something that we were looking for. But... 
at this stage, we were already over it. So it wasn't as great as we thought. I think it was um, his son, Charlie Sheen, does that exact scene in like Hot Shots or something like that. But I do think now I've seen it, I'm like, uh, that scene is overrated super quick and like totally unrealistic. I don't know how he got there in the first place. It looked like he was in like a puddle of mud compared to he got in the water in like, uh, I don't know, in like a river. It just didn't make sense. But also I gave zero fucks by this point. I was like, oh, that's that scene. Cool. Don't care. There it is. Do we need to just call out the overall like plot in a sense that they were all just going mad trying to find this Marlon Brandon guy and then Martin Shane kills him and then he becomes what he could be a leader but then he walks away and makes the right choice to go back to maybe sanity and that's about it. I just want to call it that we haven't actually talked about what <laughs> I just realized what actually happens. I don't know what happens in this film. It seems that's all, that's all really. They were gonna they wanted to worship Martin Sheen, but he was just like, "I'm done here." So at least he like got it back together. He completed yeah. his task, and that's probably why they hired him to do the job in the first place. But like, he didn't want to stay there and like be a leader. They don't need they don't need him as a leader. They can do their own thing. Him leaving was a good thing. For sure. So I guess in that sense, that's a good thing that he made the right decision. And hopefully he could get past all that craziness. So there was a happy ending. (laughs) Quote, unquote, happy ending. Another one of our honorable mentions was just overall cinematography. Yes, there were good points like the helicopter ride. I think the cinematography actually was filmed really, really well. And there was just parts of how they even filmed the Philippines. But I remember the helicopters, how they filmed it. And like the beaches and the scenery and like just like the different ways they did stuff. I just, I do have to appreciate that it was filmed well from that point of view. It visually looked really great. And the soundtrack was pretty damn good too. I think like the doors like did all these or or like let them use all this music for it. So it was very spot on with the whole era. This was like filmed in and the timing Mm -hmm. with the music selection. So I will give props to cinematography and the soundtrack, but it's about as far as it goes. Yeah, that would kind of just wake me up like, oh, oh yeah, I like this song, cool. And then something else would ruin it. But there was some good moments when it came to that. And it's filmed in such a pretty part of the world. Like, of course, the cinematography should be something that is pretty easy to master over there, just like based on like, you know, with the location and everything, but just the actual plot. Yeah, so cinematography is good. It's just what they did in that cinematography (laughs) that wasn't good. Okay, so now we're going into our ratings, which (laughs) this will be fun. Um, we'll start with script. Oh, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna rip on this film. One, because like I didn't really know what the fuck was happening and their script didn't help me understand it. So it, no, like bad. I guess I was thinking two. I'm not mad at your one, two, just because maybe there were some scenes or wording where I was like, haha, huh? I don't I don't there was something there like, was there were words. There was there was words. That's why I'm giving it one. Like words. Marlon Brando's like monologue. <laughs> like come on. Like what was that? Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty boring. No, Mm-mm. I'm out. Characters. I'll give that a higher. I'll give that a three because I think Martin Sheen's character and how they kind of literally all went 
crazy sure i'll give them they didn't really have much depth but i think martin sheen's character kind of like his movements from being who he was to like them becoming like this new leader but then walking away like yeah and like uh marlon brando's character was obviously really fucking weird and that i didn't like him the lieutenant but he was a weird character and the development of the young ones how they were like kind of like green and then they turn psychotic Mm -hmm. i'll give it a three they're not the best characters but they're better than the script so they could have done something with them because they were good actors and they could have been more but because just like the overall thing it was hard but so i had to go with three and with the acting but i mean just even trying to understand martin sheen's character with hollows like because he did a lot of like talking and like voiceovers and it just was really hard to, for me to connect to even that. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Plot. One again, Point because five. it was like, it was just not, there was no plot. There was just like, okay, Martin Sheen, go find this guy that's gone rogue and kill him. And you can't tell anyone about it. There's a plot. It just wasn't executed well. I don't think there was a plot. Well, that is, I mean, like, hey, you're hiring, <laughs> okay, not hiring, very but you're this guy. Yeah, but, like, they didn't do anything with it to make it better. Like, what was that movie? Um, save and Private Ryan. It's in the same way, except, like, they're not trying to kill the guy. They're trying to save the guy. But, like, that was the plot. Does that movie work? Yes. Great. I'd give that a very high plot. This one, did, did the plot did not work. Yes. Yep. Entertainment factor. <sighs> I was so bored. Um... I want to give it three? just another one. I'll give it three because no. there were moments. I'll give it no two. I'll give it one for the explosions. The explosions were great. Like that. I'll give you it know, two. Just, it had great explosions then, but even the explosions lost me at the end. I was just like, "What the fuck? Like, why are you killing people still? Like, I don't understand." We don't need to talk about this. Recommend? No. 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 Don't watch no. this film. If you watched it and you did it because we told you to, shame I'm on sorry. you. You should have listened to this podcast first. <laughs> I know we tell you not to, but damn, don't watch this film. It's good to have it under your belt or like your notch on your belt. Like, yeah, I did that. But no, I wouldn't recommend to somebody if they asked me. I feel like this is where I'm going to get into a fight with someone at a bar about Apocalypse Now. I'll be drunk and be like, no, this is the shittest film ever. And they'll be like, it's the best film ever. And I'm going to get into like an altercation or something. Is because I'm saying no. So pretty much... I cannot meet like a like a crazy film critic guy or shit's gonna blow up and it's gonna you start can. really. They rough. just have to they just have to like respect the opinion of mm-hmm. being like, we didn't enjoy it and that's okay that we didn't enjoy it because there's probably films we enjoy that they wouldn't enjoy. And at least we can all agree that Twilight is the worst film ever made. So like we're gonna be good there. <laughs> This is a close second, but like... I don't know if the worst film ever made. I mean, that Kissing Booth 3 wasn't great. <sighs> yeah, I would agree. Okay. okay. We can, there's a lot worse. There are worse films than this, but this is definitely not a great film. Not for what it says it is. It does not meet those standards for us. It doesn't It doesn't meet my standards of no. what I want to watch. Wine vibe. We had that Brute Rosé. It's hard for me to remember because I think I was just overall not in a happy place, but I don't yeah, think it was this bad. Movie, this movie ruined it. This movie Tainted. ruined it. Ruined it. I, I think we need to try it again with like a better film or like just whatever. But this film, when I was like, oh, wine vibe, I was like, it was ruined. I like was not drunk. I was just disappointed in life. 
after this I don't film. even remember if I feel like we finished it but I think we just were in misery that we just couldn't enjoy what was around us <laughs> not maybe if we had like a really good red wine it would have just completely put us into like delusion I do think we're having discussions through this film because we just really wanted it to end I think our discussions were what is happening that's it. every time we were like what are we watching? I was not engaged. I was not engaged at no, all. No, you were on your phone a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, there's something better to do with my life and it's not watch this film. <laughs> I tried, but then Marlon Brando, oh, again, that monologue. <laughs> not great. You got paid $3 million for that shit. Like, okay. <laughs> just sitting there talking in a shadow. <laughs> Bold and fat. Mm-hmm. Definitely, George Lucas, come help. Redo. All right. Thank you all for joining us for Apocalypse Now. Leave us a review and comment on any movies you want us to watch and whine about. Don't forget to subscribe and find us on TikTok, linked in the description. Cheers. Cheers.